Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Fireside Politics. I'm joined today, and as always, with my co-host, friend, confidant, Nick. What's going on, Nick? How are you doing this week? I just had a wonderful turkey day. Um, I've been self-isolating, actually, because of the uh, coronavirus, but just got the test results back. Looks like I am positively not infected. Feeling great. Well, that's fantastic here. I would have imagined that's from some interaction down at the local library where you're maybe taking out a new book on Stalin or perhaps another polarizing political figure and just became exposed that way. But good to hear that you're doing well. Hey, dude, uh, the new book that I got actually has a bunch of wine stains in it. And at first I thought, oh, this is sick. This is going to be a great book. You know, someone was throwing a party while they were reading this thing. And then I uh, leafed through a couple of pages and it seems more likely that whoever was reading it passed out with a glass of wine because it was so goddamn boring and just spilled <laughs> wine all over the pages. So, you know, but I'm, I'm going to, you know, uh, power through. Got to read up on my uh, international relations theory. So always playing catch up. Well, you know, on, on that note, Nick, you know, a, a boring omen. What the hell's been going on in politics? I mean, I'll start this. We'll, we'll come out right from the get-go and say things have been boring. I mean, all right, sure, the big news this week, you know, Trump, Trump has finally agreed to leave the White House in January. His numerous lawsuits have all been overturned or rejected. Um, he's got Giuliani going on some comical – I don't even know, but you wouldn't even call it a press conference rally. He's just spewing all this nonsense. I mean, there's the ridiculous uh, recount conspiracy theories coming out in Pennsylvania. I mean, what's the deal, Nick? So for Pennsylvania, Rudy Giuliani takes the stand. He was called in by several state senators uh, in Pennsylvania's state government and gave a presentation on this alleged widespread voter fraud. So what does he do? He brings in this one guy, uh, this former colonel in the army who has 35 years of cybersecurity experience. Whew. And this guy starts talking. He sounds very impressive. And then Giuliani says, hey, you know, I understand there's some discrepancies in what, uh, what your consulting team uh, found. You know, tell us about it. What's the deal with all these votes in Pennsylvania? And the guy says, you know, I'm a white hat hacker. You know, we do penetration testing. We do all this. And, you know, we uh, did the very <laughs> – they went on the state website of Pennsylvania and saw that there were 1.82 million people registered to vote by mail-in ballots, that had requested mail-in ballots. And Giuliani says, oh, my goodness, but 2.5 million people voted by mail-in during the general. This, this is a catastrophe. This is ridiculous. And the guy said, yup, it's terrible. <laughs> And so everyone goes all around and says, oh, 700,000 votes made up. And, you know, that seems like a serious thing. So I, I looked into it a little bit. You know, we have this white hat hacker after all. I trust him. I trust the guy. That seems like a pretty big word. And unfortunately, they were just referencing um, an old database from Pennsylvania's own state primaries that took place in June, where 1.82 million people registered. Um, which is what Giuliani's team apparently quickly Googled, didn't even read the header, which says primary vote, and then just assumed it was for the national election. So uh, they, I thought they brought out the B team in the Pennsylvania hearings, but I think that might be C or D tier because, I mean, basic reading comprehension does not appear to be Rudy's strong suit. Maybe a little bit of his hair dye got in his eye that day. Yeah, I mean, I think that last bit really kind of sums sums this up it's just all the, 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 the trump's a a team legal team 
the extent of their analysis of their actual research into the conspiracy is Googling something and just pulling from the front page. I mean, I, I think this quote is quite appropriate. A senior administration official told the, the Independent Journal that it looked like the, the Trump campaign was just rolling anybody and everybody who's willing to do it, meaning they can go on these conspiracy rants, challenge the, the integrity of the election, put them all into a clown car. And then when it's time for a press conference or any sort of public event, they just roll them out, just roll them across the stage and see what they do. It's just, it's, it's nonsense. I mean, well, is what, it, what's, prove it wrong. You can't prove that every single vote wasn't illegal, Steve. I can't prove that, but you know, let's just, you know, all right. So let's just look, even if there are a few, let's look at Wisconsin. You know, they go through this whole effort, this $3 million recount. And I don't even understand what is the Trump, what they have to fund the recount. That's not just something that a, a presidential, I don't even know what he is anymore. He's not a president, but oh, I guess he still is. But they, what, they just throw money at a state after an election and say, hey, can we recount this? I mean, you'd think that they, that that you wouldn't need to pay for something like that. If you're well, anyway, challenging, what, what happened out of that? Those three million dollars. What did well, that? Thing, nothing. Nothing happened. They even found more Biden votes on the second time around. Eighty-seven to be exact. Not a huge number, but it just adds on to the fact that they're spewing money. Uh, what did you say? One of his donors even wants their money back after the disappointing results from all these activities. Yeah, this guy donated uh, two point five million. A businessman, Frederick Eshelman. Uh, but is now suing <laughs> Trump back for the money because he was disappointed oh it didn't get him anything. I mean, Nick, I got to just be honest with you. This is just, it's just disappointing. Is this really, is this the best news that we've got going on right now? I mean, we're talking about these ridiculous recount conspiracy theories, white hat hackers. I mean, Giuliani's leading these, these events. He's got hair dye dripping down his face. Is this the best news that we've got to talk about right now? I mean, well, to do I, a I mean, deeper dive, to do a deeper dive on that, apparently it wasn't hair dye. Um, the New York Times put out an article where they did an interview with a hairstylist who said, you know, he's been in the business for decades and he assured you that this was not hair dye. This was mascara running down oh Giuliani's God. face. He was bleeding mascara. Wow. I guess he's tightening up that hairline of his. I don't know. Dude, I mean, look, I, I may blame the man a little bit uh, for his fall from grace from the mayor of America following 9-11 to he's whatever rut he's in. But you got to say the man did look good on that stage. He looked pretty <laughs> good. He looked like something, man. I don't know. But all right, all right, you know, all right. So I'm I'm getting a little frustrated. I'm getting a little bored, Nick. But I mean, I guess not to be completely bleak. There are some good things going on. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, the Biden transition team is finally allowed to view the presidential daily brief. They're allowed to work with the necessary departments within the White House to begin the actual transition. I mean, that's good news, right? I mean, Biden's announcing some cabinet picks. I mean, any any uh, you know. Memorable first drafts, you know, any rookies coming out of the gates this year? So the cabinet picks, dude, rookies. We're talking about John Kerry here. The man <laughs> has been in the background like a specter, just sitting in back of every Democrat presidential nominee for the past like 20 years. The uh, guy he's been waiting. Sailed, he went on a sailing trip with Kennedy back in the day. I mean, this guy is as establishment as it gets. And, you know, granted, Kerry's had a really good career. 
of being anti-war. He rose to prominence during the Vietnam War and his opposition to it once he had served over there on the front lines, saw what was going on, yeah. came back and said, hey, we shouldn't be involved in this war. Let's get Very out respectable. of it. You know, that's respectable. However, what has Kerry done the past 30 years? He had a failed run for presidency. All right. He did a little bit in the Obama administration, but now he gets appointed the climate czar. What does Kerry know about the climate? And sure, yeah, people are going to say he signed on to Paris, but I don't know. This seems more like a comfort pick than anything too out of the box. I know. They should go bold. They should go controversial. They should put Al Gore in that space and see. God damn it. He's probably worked his whole life to get there. <laughs> and once again, he is just denied. <laughs> oh, poor Al Gore. Um, another man who's fallen from grace. But in oh any my. case, um, the cabinet picks, again, there hasn't been too much news on it. Um, but interestingly, around the time that was being announced, you have the assassination going on with the Iranian uh, top scientists oh, for right. the nuclear program. You've got um, violence erupting in northern Ethiopia with some of the rebel groups up there, or one rebel group to be exact in the Tigray uh, area. And you've also got SARS in Nigeria. That was a big thing. And then it's gone. And this is like another Coney 2012 where, you know, there's a big there's a big thing. It's coming up. And then, you know, a week later, everyone forgets about it. Uh, but it is still going on. Uh, I mean, Peru, Steve, you were reading up at Peru. I think they have, what, like three presidents in like a week or something? It was crazy. I mean, it, it made no sense. Uh, you get this one headline on your phone, this notification, political unrest in Peru. The next thing you know, they've had three presidents. God knows what's going on now. I mean, shit's not, you know, the world is in turmoil, Nick. It's not as good as our friends on our Wall Street bets make it seem. It's not all just endless gains. Some people are struggling right now. Unfortunately, that is the case. Um, A lot of people are struggling, and it's not a matter of partisan politics this time. I mean, the economy is really taking a hit. A lot of people are steadily losing their jobs, even industries where they thought, you know, it, it was assumed that this virus wasn't going to be around for a full, you know, year and a half. And while they are rolling out vaccines pretty soon, I think some of the hospitals are actually set to get them uh, this next month in December. Um, but even so, those are going to be just like 300 a day. It's only going to be for frontline workers or people in the hospitals. So by the time it rolls out to the general population, which, dude, we'll see if anyone can actually, you know, trust to take it. I, I heard an, uh, an idea the other day, which I thought was interesting, Steve, wondering what you think, which someone said that in order to get the next round of stimulus, if one comes out, they said it should be tied to having to take the vaccine. What do you think? Wow. About that? What are your thoughts? Well, I think that's unconstitutional, Nick. <laughs> They're forcing me to do something just so I can get my free earned money for being a citizen in this country. I mean, you know, oh, what's wrong with that? To, well, we got no, plenty of hoops to jump through otherwise. I mean, I do see where they're coming from. I don't think anything like that would be able to be, you could hold that up in this country. I think it, I think the argument generally is that would be unconstitutional. You can't withhold necessary money from someone just because they they are unwilling to take some sort of new random vaccine. What um, in the constitution says that? Don't you want to be part uh, of Bill Gates's uh, army no of pawns? No, no, no. If I wanted to get involved in, you know, uh, nano chipping the whole entire human race, I would partner with Bill Gates. No, that's that's conspiracy theory. We don't spread those on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, this sorry. Is, I'm just having a little fun. This is the reality. Well, you know what? On that note, Nick, having a little fun. You know, you you and I have been talking for the past couple of weeks, and you know, when we started Fireside Politics, we set out to do, well, really just one thing. Well, two things: quality and enjoyable banter and conversations, and document 
the presidential election or leading up to that fateful day just a few weeks ago. And you know what, Nick? I think we've done that and we've done it pretty well, if I have to say so. We've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about various other things along the way, but damn it, Nick, I think we've done it. I think so too. I think uh, politics, to be honest, it's it's on the it was on the up and up for a long time. We were covering it. It was great. But now there's not much to news. I mean, what are we going to see? Biden, the transition team, they're going to be in office. I'm sure there's going to be big drama when they first get in in January. But I mean, past that initial wave of drama, there are no big races coming up. There are no special elections. It's just going to be smooth sailing. It's probably going to be boring compared to the Trump days, which for us, that's eh, a little sad. It's a little sad. It, you know, you're not going to be able to, t- to top the last four years. That's for sure. So, you know, there's so many interesting topics. I mean, you know, we talked about the environment. I mean, today we were talking even a little bit about what's going on in Africa. There's a lot of things going on in this world. And damn it, you know, we, we want to cover those things. We want to get in. We want to have get back to those energetic, those witty conversations. And I think, Nick, you know, this, this, this requires a new format. You know, something, something's got to change with how we're doing this to really be our true selves and talk about the issues that I think everyone out there wants to hear. Well, what are you thinking, Steve? Why don't, why don't you pitch me? We're in an elevator right now. Ding, I just hit the bottom floor. Go ahead. You got 30 seconds. All right. So close your eyes and take in the smell and envision this. Oh, if we're that close new- on an elevator, I don't want to smell you that much. <laughs> now you've got 20 seconds. You better hurry up. This is an era called Don't Call Me Buddy. Now, this is a format where you, Nick, and I, we're going to chat through the biggest and the most thought-provoking issues that are challenging our planet. Nothing, Nick, is off the table. Things are going to get heated. You may think that you know we're coming across as arrogant, condescending, and even offensive. And you're 100% right. Because at the end of the day, Nick, damn it, conversations like this are meant to challenge us to rethink the norm and expose us to new topics that we may have never considered. And you know, Nick... I think even allow us to question who we are as human beings. Now, Nick, this is, this is bold, but this is a new era for content. And this is going to be a don't call me buddy era of content. How does that sound? Well, I would love it if you would uh, get off this elevator. You know, the smell is really <laughs> starting to hit me and I'm not sure I like it. Um, no, I look uh, to all those uh, listening. Thanks for growing with us. It's been a great year. We've really enjoyed uh, every moment of it, even uh, some of our deeper dives where, you know, we're just sifting through these old tomes in the Library of Congress on Bernie Sanders. Um, a lot of late nights, but it's it's been a lot of fun. And I think that as politics winds down, uh, Steve and I just wanted to take a step back and get to, get to the real core of what we were talking about, like all the stuff on corporate social responsibility where, you know, we hear so much about, for example, like China, their Belt and Road Initiative. Okay, yeah, sure, you hear about it. But what's actually going on with it? Or, for example, Section 230 of the Telecommunications Act, how Twitter, Facebook, and all these other people are just saying, oh, we're not publishers. We shouldn't be subject to regulations. You know, we should get away scot-free. What's actually going on with that stuff? we got to stick it to someone. And I bet you, Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey, they deserve it. They deserve to be ripped a new one. And I would love to do that in tandem with you. Oh my God, Nick. Well, that's very well said. And it brings a tear to my eye, quite beautiful even. Well, Nick, you know, I'm excited for this. This this really allows us to uh, really get to the heart of what's going on. And, you know, I don't know if this will be a, a, a YouTube channel or it, it could be, a you know, another podcast. We could rebrand this one. I don't know. 
there's a lot in the air, but you know, again, to the viewers out there, to the listeners, we're not going anywhere. Things are about to get a hell of a lot more interesting, and we appreciate you joining us for the ride.